0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Catching Foxes. No, I'm sorry. We've already started. Hey, you guys might remember my old
1: co-host, Gomer. (laughs) This is so cool. uh, Am I being replaced by uh, Joey? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, good. Straight over there with all the cool kids. Luke, will you do me a favor and not sit on the microphone cord? What?
0: Can you guys all, like, uh, hear us Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, if we talk in like front row is loud good. Voices. Nice.
1: So this is this is just so you guys know. This is the setup I took to go to my favorite band in the whole wide world and sit on their tour bus and interview them. It was the craziest. And this microphone picked up a Mexican radio station. It actually sounds really nice. While he oh, was you- talking, there was no. It wasn't on the bus. It wasn't in the background. It, his microphone picked Wait, it up. Was was this the mic that he yeah. used? <laughs> I just, just want to hold it <laughs> <I> <laughs> inappropriate. That's inappropriate. To. I'm yeah. not even
0: kidding. I know you aren't. I know you aren't. All right. So, okay, so the first thing that we want to say like this is a real uh, a legit thing. Thank you guys um, for being here. This is like incredible that people showed up at a thing that we don't we didn't go to college with any of you. So the fact that you're here. <laughs> our college friends are here. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. We already
1: mentioned Franciscan. Yeah. Drink. So there you go, Barnes. Bring everyone. Thank are you familiar with the Franciscan drinking game, for those of you? All right. Every time we mention something about Franciscan, you have to drink. Yeah. So subtly in the background, you will hear me. Uh, just I mean, moment, as much as you want. Something, um, uh, a, a, an amount that you would consider swallowable. There are That's kids here. There are kids <laughs> here. There are, there are children. God bless us all. <laughs> <How> so, <much? laughs> yeah. So, Luke, why don't you open us up with a prayer? You want to start that right now? (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Fair enough. So I think it would be good if we did 10-minute topics. You guys, you know, it's a standard form. 10-minute topics, for those of you who don't know, is what me and Luke do when we have no clue what we're going to talk about. It's and literally like Plan Z, and then Luke will immediately hop on Facebook and say, "So what should we talk about?" <laughs> and then the first twenty things that people write, we ignore, and then the last one we do, it's like, and blah, then blah, we just blah, make
0: blah, a sca- scapula, blah blah blah, something else that I don't want to talk about. Pope Francis, blah. this. Yeah. we got another
1: podcast for that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Have, 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 okay, have any of you guys ever heard the Pope Francis one? All right, high five, one. Woo! So we we have a podcast we do called "What Is Pope Francis Saying Now." Uh, It's actually
1: pretty cool. We should probably do it more often. Yeah, no, it's only two episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But we definitely need to do some more. (laughs) Yeah, because some stuff may have happened. (laughs) But it's done. All right, so.
0: All right, so who wants to be our timekeeper for for this? We're legitimately going to stick to the
1: 10 minutes. Why don't we do five minute topics so we can drink more heavily? Deal. We can do that. All right. Nice. There you go. All right, so we're going to go. Do you want to do the marriage one first? No, no, no. We'll do that second. Yeah, whatever. Let's talk about Deacon Baldy's first. Deacon The Baldi. Deacon Baldies. Joey. Joey. Do you have a minute? Yeah, Joey. Come Joey. on, Joey. Joey, come on down. It's not Joey Jojo Shabadoo. Yeah, for the let's record, make the distinction. Is he is, is not a sex addict <laughs> that came on our show.
0: <laughs>
1: mm. All right, Luke, you got to share your microphone with him.
0: I will gladly do Don't everyone do that. look. I have a hole
2: in my crotch of my pants. All right, it's my mic now. <laughs> eminent domain of the podcast, what that is. got to talk a lot louder than that. Wow, that's never been a problem before.
1: <laughs> I know, your voice is dying. That's the, that's the first time that's ever happened. You stop being a youth minister, your voice starts up.
2: And so, Joey is at on Twitter. You are at? I am at many things. I am at Deacon Baldy's at Joey Muck at angry catholic yeah. at angry catholic so if but you, you were ever kinda like the you were kind of like the incredible hulk in clarity. okay so you were one of like the early
0: catholic twitter guys i feel like like you were the first catholic person on twitter that i started to follow that i did not know and i was really mad cuz i was like damn it that guy's funny
2: <laughs> and he's taking all the stuff that like i want to say and i hate him for it so there you go i needed i needed a way to vent about things that were happening Anyone who's ever worked for the Catholic Church—it's like there's so many things wrong with this, and there's no one to talk to about it. Because the people that can fix it won't, or won't even listen to you, and the people who can't do anything about it don't know anything about it.
0: Well, if you look at me, I'm in no position at all to do anything about
2: it. Luke does not.
0: I don't do anything in any sort of authoritative capacity.
2: No, Luke. Luke can't. He may. Luke can do nothing about these things for the Archdiocese of. And so, but <laughs> and so my thought, my thought was, you know who, you know who can relate to this? Who? Social media. And so I started
1: <laughs> the, abyss the rest
0: internet. of
2: the started, world. Everyone loves the internet. And so I just started this account, and you know, people would, you know, parents would come in and be like, I don't think it's really reasonable that my kids should have to go to like confirmation classes and do a retreat. And I'm like, do you mean just like confirmation? Like you just want to show up and get confirmed? Yeah. Our parents would be like, do we have to go to the confirmation mass to be confirmed? And I'm like, y- no. No. <laughs> no. You, you don't. <laughs> no, nah, you're, you're good. You're fine. And just all these just ludicrous things. I was like, all right, I have to find a way to vent about this. My then-fiancé, now-wife, was, was just done with it entirely. Yeah. And so... The best I, part about his venting is one day he vented about something at our parish that he currently
1: is, the you know, my parish, many of our parish, uh, and I had, because he's anonymous, I had... Eight people that I work with make a beeline up to me the next morning going, so I read what you wrote on Twitter. And I was like, (laughs) I haven't been on Twitter since the last time I was at the airport. Like, that's the only time I ever get on Twitter.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Is this Ron Paul in 2008? Then yes, it was me. If it's anything other than that, then no, it's, it's not me. I have, I'm not as active on it anymore uh, now that I don't work for the church. <laughs>
3: now that you're I not have, as angry. Uh, have, now that you work at a bar, little, you're not as angry. I have angry.
2: surprisingly little to complain about anymore. Now
3: that my life has
2: joy. Yeah, now, that, now that I really love my job and I'm not jaded anymore yeah. and I don't have to deal with parents. Yeah. Now I just serve beer all day. Everyone's happy except for the people that I cut off. Uh, mostly him. <laughs> Real quick about the barb. So yeah. Uh, we both go to the same parish now. You grew up, and I grew up at this parish. Why is it called Deacon Baldy's? In one minute. So it's called Deacon Baldy's. Uh, deacon Baldy was my friend, Kevin, my partner and boss, uh, his dad, and he was the deacon at our parish. He was like a second father to me, and he passed away a couple of years ago in a helicopter crash. And so we were by then. They were already talking about doing something like Deacon Baldy's at the time. And so they brought me on to do some of the craft beer program and the cocktail program and things like that. And Deacon Baldy was just was an obvious program? fit for the name. A cocktail program? cocktail program. program. Very important. It was awesome
1: because correct- as he's investigating the various programs, I would walk over from my house with my wife and we were like, let us join the program. And we would, we were the, well, my wife was more the taster for the
2: cocktail. I had whatever swallowable beer was on hand. Yeah, you were drinking Miller Lite like a Philistine. And, uh, and, uh, and so we, we decided to call it Deacon Ballies. It's out it's everything that Mike was, it's about community. We have community seating, there's no private tables. Everything is two eight-foot picnic tables bolted together. So you have to sit with like twelve other people. Uh, it's one huge space, it's outdoors, it's just everything that you know Eight Mike seconds. was about.
1: And there we are. And That's now cool. we're all here really cool. together. Really
2: cool. Everyone let's thank thank you for having a show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean that. Thank you, guys. Proof that other people are here.
0: (laughs) All right, so um, usually our 10-minute topics go about 12 to 13 minutes. Sorry. I'm pointing towards Gomer Podcast. Oh, sorry. We
1: we were joking over
0: here. No, it's fine. Thank you for entertaining him. Uh, All right, so we're going to do 10-minute topics. Uh, Do you guys want to just ask us stuff? And because you want to feed our egos, the answer is yes. Yes, I need this, everyone. Well, we'll do. Uh, Let's do.
1: Okay, we got one.
4: The marriage one. What's the marriage?
0: Okay, the marriage one. So we started to have a. So we were uh, chatting today, me and Gomer. Now we know. Now we no
1: longer have normal conversations. We have episodes. Yeah, he's literally. We're driving, and he's like, "I have a question. I have a topic for discussion. Oh, what is it? Let me push record. (laughs) Go.
0: Oh, Oh,
1: hey. So, anyways, um. So we just started to notice
0: like we know a lot of people whose marriages are either cr- uh, crumbling, or they are actually in the process of getting a, a divorce. And we started to think, is marriage harder right like right now? Is it uh, harder to be married than it was two, 200 years uh, uh, 200 years uh, ago? But here's the thing that I want to try to do. One, so I was a um, history major. For Here we event. go. Here, Here comes go. the
1: pompousness. Go so on. So I
0: cannot stand presentism, which is where you apply the current values you have to the past. So to try to you basically project on the past what you think should be, you know, going on. I think they get it. And two. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I feel like I feel like
1: I'm, I feel so awkward that I don't know what to do. So I feel like just making fun of Luke constantly is like my first. Like, no, no. Maybe I can no, get a laugh fine. by making fun of you.
0: The <laughs> wow, answer is yes, cool. I can.
1: See, look at their faces. Okay. So presentism sometimes and... win with
0: touch. <laughs> that was last night. Sorry, everyone. Um, sorry, Shannon.
1: Wait, really, you, for being honest, yeah. you flew in this morning. Who was that? Um,
0: <laughs> so anyway. Um,
1: so then, like, presentism
0: and and what was the second one? I forget. Uh, there were two, and oh, oh, so like really trying to talk from a place where you don't know what you are also talking about. S-
1: stupidism,
0: yeah, stupidism. <laughs> Those are
1: the twin, twin errors of people engaging in historical uh, analysis: yeah. presentism and stupidism.
0: All right, so go on. Here's what I think. I do think that in the postmodern era, I think it's harder to be married now because we're so ingrained. To seek what I want What's best for me And I do that all the freaking time And then two I just think by the amount of free time We, we uh, have It's just easier to do stupid stuff like, it's easier to be like, oh, I'm going to spend half my day and just watch sports because I can. And it's great. And that's, and that's the life, sports. It's where these people are paid actually quite, quite like, a large amount like of money. Absurd like yeah. yeah. I mean, really, that's oh, would say is that I'd where people, people just all go in
1: huge arenas and chant the same thing like Nuremberg and Nazi Don't Germany? Don't you
0: no? dare. Okay. Anyway. So, anyways, uh, like, is it harder to uh, be married right now? And
2: I think it kind of is. Okay, what do you guys
4: think? I've been reading St. Augustine. And
2: he's been saying about the same amount of things that we've been dealing
4: with here, like dealing with lust, going with passions, going out and doing whatever you want. Yeah.
2: And really, he had a really good point talking about how, like, having a relationship outside of marriage and having intercourse outside of marriage and the potential of
4: having children outside of marriage can cause the child to suffer. Yeah. My entire family, there's, like, I have, like, 30 cousins. There's, like... Three marriages that are still on their first marriage. Yeah. So to me, just like like you said, present was it present presentism? I was a math major. I don't know what that word means. That's um, okay. But whatever. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, we're told we're like totes Catholic. Um, but but like to me, us being like one of the three marriages that's still on our first marriage, it like it's kind of weird to me. Like maybe 200 years ago, we would all still be on our first marriage. You know, it's just totally different
1: to me. So, so but they bring up an interesting point. What if you're not married, like this whole section? Oh, sorry. Okay, guys, let me explain to you what
0: marriage is. Um, Imagine there's a rock, <laughs> and it's a you tie it around your foot. So there's this bar you want to go to. No, you didn't
1: let me finish. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I was trying to save that. No, no. So there's a bar you want to go to. No, so. Wonderful, wonderful. My two senses about marriage now and then, because you can't avoid a lot of these things, but I think one of the biggest reasons why it is more difficult now is we do not have the values that support um, permanent union. We used to. Not only did we have values that support a permanent union, but we had a a notion that we call the trustee family. And the trustee family was a model of family life that you, just because you were existing... You were entrusted with the family bloodline, the family name, and the family property, right? That's why marriage was such an important thing because you always try to marry up and do better, right, than your, than your ancestors, all this stuff. But the problem with that, when that mentality – now, you can have idolatry of the family and all that stuff and of giving birth. And that's why so many women in the Bible and stuff suffered because they didn't have kids. It, there was an idolatry of family life. But with that, with that – I would say it would be, I I feel like life was probably a lot harder to live back then. uh, But marriage was probably, to stay married and have a successful marriage was probably easier back then. Um, And my only evidence for this is in the 1980s, they did a series of uh, people that were on various different types of government welfare programs. And in Indiana, they found out that those who were on welfare programs that stayed married, they had the highest rate. And after polling them, the people that were staying married, they found out that they thought that they had to stay married in order to remain on welfare. And so they ended up surveying their marriages and finding that they're very successful, even though they went through intense periods of conflict and all this stuff. Because they had that external incentive saying, stay married or else you lose your money. They worked through their problems, and they had high conflict. Like This was not a fairytale marriage. But to me, it's just like if you feel this cultural framework that says stay married— They could still have gotten divorced, but at what cost? Well, now we don't care about the cost. Uh, We don't have to anymore. We don't have to feel it anymore. So that'd be my opinion. And that is all I have to say about that. (laughs) That was a song from uh, the
0: '90s for all of our college kids. Uh, There was a band called the No One Knows What I'm Talking About. Like in reality, I I can see on your faces, Uh, a band called the President of the United States of, (laughs) of America had a song. When were you born? When were you guys born? That, well, yeah, okay, when was everyone, okay so you're as old as some of my Respect. favorite albums. You're as old as the real world San Francisco, which is my favorite year of the real world. So we're doing good. We're doing
1: really good. All right, uh, what else? Hey, Jonathan's Jonathan. here. Jonathan. John, uh, hey, Luke Thomas is here, too. That what are you drinking, Luke Thomas? Stout. 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 Chocolate stout. milk stout. Yeah. All right, so scotch, um, scotch,
0: scotch. this is the point where we d- desperately beg the audience for some topics so
1: what did you guys so, want us to talk about i mean
0: we're prepared for this we spent money on flying me out here so we i mean don't get me wrong we've got topics about topics
1: no one of the things that i wanted to bring up is uh and then we're never allowed to talk about but i'm gonna do anyway so reset that clock we're gonna start over is uh some of the cool upcoming guests and interviews that we have coming up yeah do it we do absolutely it. should so uh the, the aaron gillespie interview he's a famous singer with under oath if you've ever heard of that band Kind of, when we were interviewing, I felt like it no was—I felt like it was such a disaster because he's like, "Hey, man, I don't really believe in religion. I believe in just following Jesus." And I'm like, "Okay, how do I? How do I? How do I? How do I? How do I?" And I, all my apologetic stuff is kicking in. And then Luke and I'm—I'm I'm literally texting Luke like, "I can't deal." And then Luke's like, "Oh, well, I think that." And Luke, I felt like disarmed it really well. It was
0: actually a really cool conversation. So yeah. if you are listening, Aaron, I promise like he said he would uh we really did enjoy it so we ended up going i ended
1: up going through to edit it and it is all edited and primed for release um but i went which took me forever but i went through and i listened to it and if you come at it from the perspective of this is someone who does not think like me but these are his views on life love and liberty it's actually pretty cool to hear and he he is literally fascinated to talk to catholics like, that was something yeah, he's, you, like, you could see that growing like, up, I was basically told that Catholics, Catholics and cocaine were just as evil. Like, stay away from out, all of them, you know? And, uh, and so the interesting thing is how he ends up expressing that um, in his life. And, like, and now he's, he literally interviewed us or came on the show because Luke said that we're Catholics. And he's, like, what? Why do they want to talk to me? Okay, cool. Yeah, Cool. He's, like, I totally was going to blow you off if you were anything other than Catholic. Like, when I saw that word, I was, like, this is going to be new. Yeah, so it
0: was, it was um, for me. So I'm a huge Under Oath fan. I would guess by, the, by how everyone's dressed, the majority of you guys aren't. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe you. By how well-groomed <laughs> you are. Yeah. <laughs> you like Under Oath? Yeah, 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 right? It was a great year. 2005 was a great year. I love that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, the stock market was you. up <laughs> 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 before the subprime crisis. Yeah. You were a freshman in college, 2005. <laughs> we were <laughs> you were seniors.
1: I was graduated.
0: No, you didn't grab... Oh, yeah, you were yours. doing your on your care. first tour as a senior. <laughs> first
1: of four tours as a senior. Hey, if you're a dude, if you're a dude or a woman or a lady folk, this is International Women's Day. Uh, and you're yeah. really Happy into sports. International Women's Day, everyone. If you're really into sports. I mean that. Here's the next announcement. Guess who we're going to interview. We're going to interview Tony...
0: Um, reality from ES, ESPN outside the line and pardon the interruption. Yeah, I'm dead serious. I, like, out I out of nowhere was like, hey, I'm so come on our podcast and let's talk about the Ash stuff. And he was like, okay, when? And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, I did and not think he said, you were going to And he said, tomorrow respond. at 10? It's like when the...
1: Well, here's the funny thing. He said tomorrow? Yeah, like he meant, uh, he meant and tonight. I, and immediately I'm like, okay, I could bring my iMac and we could Skype him in as a special guest and Luke's like, Too many wheels in motion, and thank God because I was at the church for an hour. (laughs) Like I'm trying to, I'm I'm in charge of a ministry that's happening right now at the church. Yeah, so that's that's thanks, Paige.
0: I owe you. Like it's kind of so that's going to be really cool, and then we go back to interviewing like people like the Crunch. (laughs) I'm just just kidding. Leah Darrow, if you know Leah Leah Darrow, Darrow. we're
1: going to interview her. Um, Danielle,
0: um, Noonan for all Houston people who know Dan Danielle. Oh, free Whoa, beer. Look at that. Look at that. What is this? Oh, thank you, sir. White
1: Rascal. White Rascal, which coincidentally was my nickname in high school.
0: It's it, This is what? Oh, y- good call. Good call over this. Oh. Hey. Mm. Hey, cheers
1: to, cheers to us. Cheers to us. Cheers to us. And whoever else might be listening. Yeah. Hey, do you
0: guys, you guys want to see something awesome?
1: No, I'm not doing it.
0: Am we already I did it.
1: Alone work. in here. Am I think I that's two I inside, love? jokes. No. Everyone, let's what, drink together. What are you talking about? We used to sing that song to so each other after every time Luke yeah. would break up with a girl. Thank you
0: all for like being a part of this with, with, with all of us. This is very very cool because of because you guys actually pay attention to us and you aren't our friends from school, which is weird. Uh, we get to talk to people that we never thought we'd be able to, to talk to. Like, so I really do mean that. Like the fact that we were to talk with like the, with the guy from like Oath and stuff for me is a dream come true, in why we started this. So, so the best part is,
1: well, I was never your youth minister. But I did. I only had a, you are a stint. You the worst, Gormley. I only had a stint. She literally just said. I, I was pre-Jonathan. You're probably in, <laughs> she said they were in fifth and sixth grade when we were in college. No. Well, I mean, that's probably true. Right. There were a lot of people in, in
0: uh, fifth or sixth grade when we were in college. And Luke dated half of them.
1: <laughs>
0: Hi-oh! <laughs> Wait, Aaron's starting to listen to podcasts podcast now, so Uh-oh. maybe I should make those jokes. Uh, Shannon, I Shannon jokes? wanted
1: me to inform everyone that she is not here yeah, in order to keep up to her God. average of never listening She's to the not show. Edition. So she also said that we are totally free to make fun of her so okay, so funny story, and
0: uh, I completely forgot about this. I hope this is going to be hilarious to everyone else, but in college, I used to take beer caps and throw them all over her room, like her uh, um, Apartment, I mean, like when I say all over, I mean every single beer that I had. I would take the cap and just throw it somewhere in her, uh, in her apartment. And when she and she said she was, she would like, uh, like years afterwards, after she had moved states, she would find like beer caps, gonna be like, Luke, yeah, like that, pull it out so. of her
1: luggage and be like,
0: How did it make it into this bag? I'm gonna be like, I'm the gift that keeps on giving, yeah, much like herpes.
1: <laughs> or a bad case of Go Maria. There we
0: go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy in college who used to call me that. Go-mer- Wait, who would call you Go Maria? Uh, the dude, the funny guy from the Knights. The there was dude? still a funny guy in the night. The weird dude Mike <laughs> or whatever oh. his name was. Well, I mean, there's a lot of weird dudes in the night. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. They, oh, wait. You all have to
0: drink right now. That was a <laughs> Franciscan joke. So everyone has to drink. All right. Um, all right. Now, seriously, though, back to 10 Minutes topics. This is, like, literally what we do. Like, we have hours and hours of unreleased stuff of this.
1: Yeah. This, this the train wreck. Like,
0: you know that what's is. really funny? Stuff? Do you guys yeah. like stuff? I, was, I had like a whole bunch of jokes. I was like, nope, can't say that in, in, in public. Yeah. Can, can't. So what would you like us to to talk about? Anything. Yeah. Okay, so what are some of the movies we're excited to see? Okay,
1: I'm, okay number one, I've watched Logan, took the missus out on a date to go see Logan. C+. Plus. I enjoyed it. I give it a higher. I give it a B plus because I know the comic book backgrounds and the things they allude to. It's a lot of fun. A little too violent for me. I'm very excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I am very, very.
0: Guys, okay. Just for like all. Since it's interesting, Women's Day, really quick, Chris Pratt, am I right? Am I right? Oh, damn. He's like me. Damn. If I lost around maybe 80 yeah, pounds, I got really like you, good, Luke. He's good, just good shape.
1: Like you. The I'm Matthew like, McConaughey I, of our podcast. I don't <laughs>
0: I was literally um, thinking,
1: how can I work in, all right, all right,
0: all right. All right, uh, what are other, some other um, films that I'm excited about? No, man, whoa, um, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 So, I mean, we brought up Logan. Yeah. Did anyone see Passengers, the Chris Pratt, and... I wanted no to see it Passengers? so bad, but it left the theaters after, like, three weeks. Did you was see it? Good?
0: Yeah, I was not Did even remotely interested in I mean, who doesn't love Jennifer Lawrence in our internet age? No, oh, sorry, no. Wait, why, why
1: don't you like her? Because she's too human, because she's too down-to-earth. I like to eat food. It's, like, so crazy, like, whatever. I'm
0: just a girl next door worth $30 million. <laughs> strong, maybe not the strongest role model. No, I get that. I, I, I get that. Who is, who is a... So, okay, so it's International Women's Day today. Uh, you already said that. Who is a strong... Role model for for women in film. Who? No, I I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm really, I'm I'm trying to think. No,
1: No,
0: No. I genuinely dislike her. (laughs) Emma Watson. (laughs) Emma Watson. Beauty and the Beast is coming out next week. Totes. Tale as old as time. Song as as old as as rhyme. rhyme. Beauty and the Beast. Just a little scared, neither one prepared. Beauty and the Beast. Just a little change. Small to say the least. What's the next one? Then back to that one. Yeah, okay. What other ones? Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when we have a crowd. We're each just trying to like, like us, like us. We'll interact with you. Like us. And so now we have two things going on. Ah, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. All right. So we're trying to think of strong female role models for film. We're, we came up with Emma Watson. Hidden fi- yeah, the people from Hidden Figures. I, I do like the woman who was from The Help that was in that. Yeah, Viola Davis. Was she on Saturday Night Live recently? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so other movies we're excited for. Uh, when I was in Gomer's bathroom, I may have texted him stuff from Thor 2. Very Thor 3? Sorry, Rock. Thor 3. Uh, Thor, yeah. Um, there's no, like, independent cool films that I really know about coming out. Whichever one the Coen brothers are about to release, I'm excited. I kiss the ground that they walk on. So whatever they're about to do, I say, Hail, hail Hydra to that, because I am pumped. I mean, X-Men has been over since ever. X-Men first. Well, no, not first class. That was good. Which one came out in 2014?
1: Uh, it was bad. The Day X-Men, of Future Past. Yeah, that was and bad. Then age of, no, it's, Day of Future Past is no, fine. Was not a good movie. Age of Apocalypse was, a, was a disaster. It was not a good movie. A good movie. Was, you're all wrong. This is where I cuss at Luke and then later edit it out. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, Luke, here's a side note. Sorry, that's what I say
1: whenever I want to edit stuff. Whenever he wants me to edit or whenever he wants to annoy me, he goes. (laughs) And now I have all of this stuff to edit. I'm like, oh, God. I know. I
0: literally just try to ruin his life. All right. um, All right. I have a really interesting topic. We're going to do some cross-pod podcasting really quick. I want to talk about Pope, uh, Pope Francis. All right and I, I've heard I, I want to say something really really quick I know so we are in the great state of Texas I just think you're all like obliged to scream during, during that <laughs> yeah blah 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 yeah yeah the stars that night are big and bright deep in the heart of Texas yeah, so Texas tends to go a little bit more red, which is fine. Just better red than dead, am I right? <laughs> so um, I know that Pope Francis tends to not make. Sorry, he people who tend to lean more right don't tend to like him. Sometimes that was a careful way to
1: couch that. Okay, yeah,
0: um, they're, they're a little bit uncomfortable with him. And I'm kind of starting to be of the opinion that we need to stop it because he's our pope. And as long as he doesn't say anything that's blatantly heretical, uh, we kind of, it's better, and this is really, really hard, and I get this. I really do. I think obedience is the higher, if you don't agree, as long as it's not heresy, it's better to be obedient. Than to try to like rock the butt. Because, like, that's what we used to feel about with people in John Paul II or people in uh, Benedict who would not, who would not um, agree. And I think perhaps the uh, turntables have turned. No one gets that. That was from a show in the office. It was on the mid 2000s when you all were in grade school.
1: Um, no this one is what we call mansplaining stars. on International Women's yeah, so, Day. Thanks, anyways, Luke. Thanks for mansplaining, Luke. What do you think? Um, I think I think I think we are very American in our perception of Pope Francis. We are very bound by our political categories of what what we fight for in terms of Republican versus Democrat, liberal versus conservative, progressive, traditionalist, and we carry that from our politics into our religion, into our you know everyday life, but then into our our faith in. If we perceive Pope Francis to be, quote, on the left, then those who are, quote, on the right have to oppose him at every end. So one of the things that you see in our politics is uh, if Bill Clinton had spoken or acted and, and Barack Obama had spoken or acted in any of the ways that Donald Trump has with his, you know, the the tweets and the and the absurd comments and all the like the bald-faced lies— we would Republicans would savagely call him out and remain and it would be hour after hour of "Oh, look at this one mistake he said," and blah 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 blah. Um, but now it's like, "Oh, come on, come on!" It's just it's Twitter, it's short form, it's this, it's that. We make all these excuses, and for me, I, I uh, when my politics become so governed that I'm in, I'm encouraged to hate the other as other because he's other, I gotta back out of that. And Democrats are a thousand percent guilty of it. Uh, you know just as I should say just, just as guilty of it as as Republicans, and when that happens to our pontiff, I always step back and it shocks me how easy it is, because I know for me, ten years ago, Gomer who 's a lot thinner but uh, yeah, still I was there but still round uh, that Gomer would would lose his mind, like I would have been blogging and tweeting if that stuff existed <laughs> well and and I think too, like there 's a
0: real uh, in our church, we are addicted to the idea that we must that we must transform the culture, as opposed to the us trying to engage with the culture from a trans affirmation within our own lives because of an encounter with Christ.
1: Sounds like a lot of words.
0: So basically, there is idea of like I need to enga- like. It starts with yourself and your, like, only relationship with False. God. It and then starts
1: you- with the political platform. Go on.
0: So, anyway. <laughs> um, but, like, in, 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 in the sense that if I want to engage with the culture, I can't do that unless am I being too loud. Hello. Stop. <laughs> I just kind of You're not allowed to mic. be self-conscious. Keep oh, talking. Sorry. Too late. 10, Are you minutes, serious? 10 uh, minutes. So, anyways, it has to come from yourself first and your, your own relationship with, with God, as opposed to if we change the culture, we save everything. And I don't think that that's true. Because if, even if we were to become a very extreme um, Christian nation again, that doesn't solve the problem of the sin within our own lives. I,
1: there, there's a, there's a uh, it's not really a heresy, it's a problem of praxis. Called ultramontanism. Uh, Ultramontanism means it was a French heresy per se, where you don't care about what your bishop says or your priest says. You look ultramontan. You look over the mountain to Rome. There's a problem that I think in human nature, but especially with the rise of social media and, and all this instant availability of communication that we create cults of personality so quickly. And when we create cults of personality, they are either identified as our guy, neutral, or the other guy. And neutral, we don't care about. Our guy, we, fit, we circle the wagons around. And other guy, we attack all the time. And that, that cult of personality, I mean, when you step back to it, Pope Francis is just a man. Um, but what we want to do is we want to celebritize him. We want to amplify him. We want to deify him, just like we did – JP2, like JP2, could do no wrong for so many people. Or Pope Benedict, I mean, when Pope Benedict be- was elected, I invented a dish called papal chicken in his honor, right? That's- I, yeah, and he, it was delicious. He did. He, he, it was kind of. And you an know where I did that? at? And he brought it up
0: Franciscan. again and again and again. Drink. <laughs> you guys look all like, oh, fine, we will. Uh, no one I'll go cares, Gormley. All right, so I think we're over the uh, 10 minutes for that. Do yeah. you want to take
1: a pause and get more drinks? We good? Do you want to buy me another drink? I kidding. mean, listen, <laughs> we will, we're
0: just as happy to, like, dance for you all as, like, you know, the um – uh, pet, as the pet monkeys that we, that we are, actually show them the Spanish they're butterfly. Show about, them the Spanish butterfly. Not,
1: maybe I, we talked about this. They're
0: not ready. <laughs> Trust me, it's really. Awesome. I did it the other day when we were All here. Right, uh, so that's are, are, are we good? I think we're, yeah. We always go over. We have what? Four more minutes. Oh, four more minutes. Well, in that case, um, I do think if you want uh, if you want to know what the Holy Spirit is trying, if you work for the church. And if you want to know what the Holy Spirit's going to do, I really encourage you to look to what your bishop is doing. And you'll see. And if what you are trying to do is going against him, even if you think it's a good thing, it might not. He's the person who's in that position. And I've experienced that before. I think we have a question.
5: So for those of us who do encounter people who are like, oh my gosh, Pope Francis, I can't stand him because there are people on my campus who are like that, who make fun of him, who mock him, who mock, wh- what do we do? So what are your suggestions?
0: Okay, so I'm going to steal this from Catholic stuff you should know, um, as we always do. So thank, thank you, Father John. Uh, history judges Popes, Catholics don't. And that's, I mean, that's, and, and you know, honestly, that's all that you can say. Um, if they don't, if they want to keep going, uh, going against you because of that, then just like, well, he's our he's our pope, and we're called to obey him. Like the first, where does the first like sin come from? Comes from disobedience. A garden. Oh, oh, I was
1: being too. Speaking literal. of
0: International Women's Day. <laughs> Too, oh, too, thanks, too far. Eve. Eve's in first. Sorry, yeah. Uh, too far. Listen, I had, to, I tried. No one's laughing. It's just an awkward silence, and everyone's
1: staring at me going, oh, Luke, you're such an asshole. Well, actually, at first, everyone's like, <laughs> what is he talking about? Like, gardening? Is that like, do women like gardening <laughs> yeah. more than men? Listen, I have a speech impediment. Sometimes I talk fast just to try to get
0: through it, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade here. No one knows how to respond to that in person. I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I think the hard thing with us and Pope Francis is uh, he speaks – so he said when, um, when he first became pope, a prophet is called to be messy. Um, not for the mess itself, but a prophet when they – I mean, like Isaiah, Jeremiah, they shook things up, and sometimes people took it the wrong way. You know, JP two and Pope Benedict, more than anyone else, are precise, clear, Catechizing. They're not pastors. Catechizing. They're yeah, and Pope Francis, who is not European, he's German. Oh, just kidding. He uh, the the brilliant thing about him is he's evangelizing, but he knows the culture to which he speaks. So when he says something like, when he says something like, um, they, uh, you know, Catholics are taught to multiply like rabbits. Now a lot of people freaked out. My, you know, one of my best friends called me up and he's like, "What the hell? He should be defending women who have a lot of kids and all this stuff." And I said, "He's not. It's not." So we but slow down. The whole point is he's addressing the culture and what the culture's view of the Catholic Church is. I think. I honestly think my interpretive key of Pope Francis is he will leverage the entire papacy to convert one person. That's yeah. what he would do. Yep. He would. He would. Everything he can do, he would leverage the entire apparatus to convert a guy on the street. But that's what Jesus could do. Right, but at the same time, but here's the deal. He lives in a church created by, and inha- he lives in an inherited church. He could not do what he's doing if there was not JP2 and Benedict. And I think we lose sight of the fact, I was just sharing with some um, a missionary people the other day, they did not know that after Vatican II all, and, and the document Nostra Aetate, which is on um, on world religions, they world missions in the catholic church almost completely shut down entire catholic religious orders were like i guess it's okay you can go to heaven without knowing jesus and pope pope uh, jp2 wrote Redemptoris Missio, the mission of the Redeemer, to basically slap these people in the face and say, "This is why we're called a mission," and that way. And I use that all the time for our mission to Honduras. It has nothing to do with our mission to Honduras. They're already Christian. That has to do with the mission ad gentes to the people who do not know, to the nations. And when you read Redemptoris Missio, it's a beautiful, beautiful encyclical. But we couldn't, we could not have, we could not have a Pope Francis if we did not have a JP two. The catechetical framework was shattered. Post Vatican II, JP two with his long pontificate stitched it back together. I'll wrap it up. It's stitched it back to together. Benedict <laughs> added a much needed base of clarification. But if you study his theology, Benedict emphasizes almost more than anyone else a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolutely, absolutely. Benedict, uh, Frau or not Frau, uh, Herr, uh, Herr, 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 the I, Panzer, can we just Fraulein, Fraulein, Fraulein Josef Cardinal. <laughs> <laughs> I Really quick, I just want to say,
0: I love Benedict, like, a yes. lot. Him, I think him and Hans von Balthasar. Him uh, and who? Hans von Balthasar.
1: Oh, my God. You can't even
0: say his I, name right. Hans von Balthasar. Hans Urs. Hans Urs von Hans, Balthasar. Uh, some, sometimes people skip theirs. You, where you are, I would love to read it.
1: Um, I'm kind of,
0: I want to name my first kid after Hans von Balthasar, I think.
1: Just call him von Balthasar. Okay, one time, one time. When I started reading, uh, Daniel, take care, bro. When I started reading Hans Urs hey, hey, von Balthasar, I had a life team parent meeting. And I was quoting him, and all these parents are in attendance, maybe parents like yours. And I said, I said, as Hans Urs, as I always say this, as everyone's favorite theologian, Hans Urs von Balthasar, stated, and everyone gets laughs. And I go, or as I like to call him, Old ballsy. <laughs> I said that in a life team parent meeting, and literally just went. Uh, I just want to apologize. I've never once in my entire life. Called him Old Ballsy, and for some reason I decided to well, say that, that in I front of a room full of parents. Now, I'm going
0: to be at a. You're going to be at
1: an event? Believe this part. I'm on. A
0: as my as my uh, favorite guy, Old Ballsy, says. Yeah. Alright, so we have a question.
1: got a question.
6: Let's say you just graduated college Go and on. you have been very involved in ministry okay. and are thinking about continuing, like, you feel called to live mission and you want to. You're trying to figure out what you're going to do. Having had experience in ministry in the church in a parish for a couple of years now, do you think it would be what, I guess there's a need everywhere, but what do you think would be a better route to, like, continue to live mission? Would it be going to a parish or, like, you know, doing, jumping into typical, like, ministry positions, sure. or would it be, like, go out into the world, go into the places that, like, Christ is not outside of the church? I don't know. What, sure. do you, what are your thoughts on sure. that? Is that a clear
0: So, thought? I had a really interesting conversation with a person who, back in the, the 1970s, was one of the first people to really go into lay ministry, to, like, study it for that purpose, and um, one of the things that I asked her was, what has changed since then. And she says it's become a career option now. That in the past, you did it because it was burning on your heart. And you're like, I have to go and do this. And right now, it's it's like a decent, uh, it's it's a good job option, especially when you, if your economy's bad. If, uh, you look at, like, groups that have missionaries, if you look at Ned, if you were to, if you, uh, were to look over at the focus group or you know, whoever, I bet you any amount of money, their, their applications go up when the economy's bad. So I would say one of the things that you should, that you should really do is really apply the 14 rules of a discernment and really uh, try to ask, is this a thing that God is calling me to or is this a thing that is good? But it might not be what God's calling. It. it just might be like a desire. You know what I mean? So like, but God also puts those um, a desires on our heart.
1: So that's just kind of like my opinion. You, my you main, take that? Don't default. Every Christian has a mission to advance the yep, kingdom. Yep. Every single one of us by virtue of our baptism. The problem is people like me, and I say this all the time at our church, I said I am one of the biggest stumbling blocks to you doing what you're called because I'm a professional church worker layman. And many of you won't pursue your faith to the degree that you should because you're encountering professional people. It's like you almost clericalize this, right? Like, well, you know, and I can come to you if I have any questions, but right now I'm like, you need to study. You need to learn this stuff. You need to. Oh, God bless your soul. That Thank you very much. Thank you. What is it? What am I drinking? He, he, he won't have oh, a clue. Oh, <laughs> man, that is a delicious dog head 60-minute IPA. Dog fish head. Dog head. <laughs> That's a gross. That is a delicious, <laughs> delicious horse head in my bed. No. Um, <laughs> it's a godfather. <laughs> 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 so the point is, but the point is, uh, I, I sat down with a buddy of mine who does youth ministry, and I said, what do you think is the biggest problem in youth ministry today? And he said, uh, all these people who don't want to teach in a Catholic high school default to being a, a parish-based youth minister. Like, it's like the default option for so many people. And this guy went to Franciscan where, you know, that kind of thing was... But my biggest thing for people is, uh, number one, if you don't have debt from college, pursue, and, and, you, and you've done the discernment, and you feel like God's leading you into ministry, don't just default to parish life work. Because yeah, I would the, agree. Unless, unless your spiritual life is very strong, your prayer life will 100% stop because you will feel burned out, you'll get jaded, you'll deal with angry Catholics, angry parents, You'll get hurt by it, and then you turn and you'll, you'll demoralize looking around at your staff members. I mean, I would really, I,
0: I would go as far to say don't work at a – don't even apply to work at a parish if you don't pray every, like – Every day. Every day. As, I mean, it can be for
1: five minutes a day, but if you don't have that habit, yeah. it will suck the life out of you. Uh, and so I had a friend who, sat, who came to me, and, I, and she said, I, I go to holy hour every day. I said, awesome. She said, or oh, uh, at least 30 minutes every day. I said, awesome. The moment you start working here, if you don't fight for that, it'll disappear. Within one month, we had a follow-up meeting. She, she hadn't gone to her holy hour since the first day on the job. I did a follow-up meeting two years later, same thing. She's like, I never go unless I'm with, you know, with the students. I'm like, that's what always happens. Why? Because you, one of the reasons is you feel like you're on the clock every time you say a Hail Mary. You feel like you're on the clock every time you crack your Bible. And when we do, I'm sorry. No, no, and the the problem is, what ends up happening is the job, and just shut up. Luke, this is instruction over discussion. (laughs) The problem is, the problem is your desire, every little thing you get, you want to give. And so it stops being about feeding and nourishing yourself, and you become really great at faking it. And I can tell you, and we can talk about um, Soul of the Apostolate. But I Hell did you. that for at, at least a very strong year where I, sin became big in my life. Uh, not praying became big in my life. I chased after everything but my faith, even in my intellectual pursuits, where otherwise it was wonderful for me to do this stuff. It became a, – a, a, I was repulsed by it. And, uh, and I realized – and I actually took a step back for a minute, full-time ministry completely, because I realized, do we really want another scandal caused by – some dumbass who doesn't pray anymore, and, you know, I... I, I so I did a retreat for a, a parish staffers, and I say, if you don't pray every day, please quit.
0: So what? what's out there besides parish work? Tons of stuff. Uh, there. So just this is just off the top of my head and not tied to any jobs that I have. There's dynamic Catholic. So these are all what I would call a apostles, people out there doing stuff. You could be on net for a year, which is a fantastic organization. Go into focus. Yeah, you could go uh, oh, <laughs> We've heard things. That's uh, um, I probably should say. Anyways, no, you have done that. yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, I'm the worst. Um, there are, I mean, tons of different. Um, so I did an internship with a group called Port Rocking Records, and it was a. I mean, we were a Catholic record label, for lack of a better term. And that was amazing. It was this. Oh, it was his own ministry in and in and of um, itself. You know, we'd go to concerts, and tons of kids would want to come up to me and like talk about like what I do or like what it is, and just to see like, yeah, we're like a Catholic guys that are trying to do cool stuff with rock and roll. It was you know, like there are lot, I mean, there are a lot of um, different options. So um, one and then thing it too like this is what I do. Have
1: you ever heard of the band Me Without You? Yeah,
0: no, that's literally what I would do. Kids, let's talk about Gasoline Heart. You're all you're all horrible for not having downloaded any of their albums. Um, one thing too is that when you work at a job with a church and you pray, there's always a default thing to pray for your job. When you go to prayer, it should start with your own personal uh, your own personal relationship with God, then your vocation, then your work. I mean, like, and that made me be like, I would put like work as like the last thing. And if you think God has put a thing on your heart for your, uh, for your job, this is for, like, like any of us, honestly, wait about three, about three months to half a year. And see if that's for you and your own life and your own your own vocation, whether you are married or you um, are single or, or whatever.
1: Then if it's not, then it might be all about and ministry. I do want to let you in on a tiny secret about actually doing ministry at a parish. 90% of it is email.
0: Yeah, no, right, honestly. Joey? it's. 90%. it's
1: it's yeah. true. No, One hundred percent of the time, I ninety percent of the time. I
0: mean, <laughs> I will be very honest. I struggle uh, with that. When I come home and have the hardest days, it's when I'm not. I'm you know in my office all all day long because I have to be.
1: Because wait, the, Luke. Are, yeah, Luke. Are you being one hundred percent honest, or would you use the word? Authentic? I'm being authentic here. You. Um, it just you know, like I have, so I'm an extreme
0: extrovert if you can't tell. So when I have to be like in an office and it's just like, I, I sent you um, this he's video really, one time. Go yeah, ahead. It's literally it.
1: him just going, and he's just videotaping. For a whole office.
0: minute, it's completely silent. And for me, died. that's like died. an extreme introvert having to work at like, Pirates of the Caribbean and having kids <laughs> coming on again and again and again. You're
1: be like, hello, hello. Well, like, just to put this in perspective, when Luke was a teacher at a high school, he would call me up in the, in the morning and be like, hey, Gomer, uh, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm in my underwear watching The View. What are you up to? And he's like, oh, I wish he didn't say that. Uh, I have you on speakerphone with my class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd be I'm like, well, it's Tom Hanks is being interviewed. That's the only reason no, why I would be.
0: It. I because they would, they would go. You went to Steubenville. Go teach us. Go teach us theology class. They'd be like, okay. Um, hey kids, don't sin. You have a question? Hey Gomer. So this kid here wants to know if. All right. So I want to talk about something really quick. I want to talk about uh, Catholic dating. Christian dating Because I, I want to throw out an, an idea out there That I think most Catholic dudes are
1: pansies Yes You pansy. say yes Why wow. not, not a pansy Not a, not a, pansy, not a, pansy, not a
5: pansy. pansy Well I mean Okay so Maybe pansy is not The nicest term But I do go to A catholic university Go on um, We have a large Much larger ratio Of women to men And unfortunately There is exactly Almost no dating scene At the school um so there are a lot of men who you know they just have a hard time and I don't know why and we we work on it I mean we have we have a, you know we have a ministry but we just don't they're just they're they're not compelled to be men and to take charge and to take action they are but not in a way where it's like oh like I'm going to come and pursue this woman and they don't know how a lot of them so he could probably talk about it more yeah, than I could
6: just like, man, be but like, Let's just, like, I, yes, we all have, a, we all have a lot of feelings on this subject, but instead of, like, fixing men, like, I like thinking about it, let's just live out, like, a better feminine genius to call men out in that way and call them up. Or like, and vice versa, I think that's a better way. I don't know. We, Sam needs to talk.
7: I think that there's just a big pressure in general on both sides of the spectrum, like girls and guys. I think kind of, and this is what I saw a lot in college, is like, all right, so maybe this one guy likes this one girl, and y'all are both Christians, Catholics, whatever. Well, there's this stigma that it's like, whoa, well, if you're going to go into dating right now, woo, y'all are going to get married. What up? And there's just this ultimate just overlying pressure. Yes, and it's annoying. I hate that. I hate that. (laughs) But I think that it lies on both sides of the equation. Like, I think guys have it hard because they come to us, and they have to think, like, there's just a huge, like, bubble of pressure around it. So it's like, if a guy's walking up to us, they know that, like, there's an expectation, but then we know that there's an expectation on the other side of that, and it's just like this huge mess, honest to God. And I think it needs to be fixed stat because— yeah. <laughs> it's a hot mess. And I think it needs to be fixed kind of obviously really fast just for the sheer fact that, like, I think we – when it's when there's all this pressure, I know myself, I've kind of – I am not a person to lower my expectations, but it's, like, at, in the slightest. But at the same time, I think I pray for somebody that's bold, somebody that is, like, very strong in their faith and all of these things – but the way that dating is right now doesn't allow for somebody to necessarily be that.
4: I do have a lot of feelings about this. So at the uh, University of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas, there are a couple of factors that do that are not conducive to a uh, dating scene. Among them are, uh, let's see, a an abundance of gossip that uh, makes it really awkward to actually like
1: and does the whole expectation thing. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and then uh, general superficiality among uh, interactions with people is just like that's, really that's women's fault. Women are it? superficial. Oh, really? No, <laughs>
1: it's because they sit down when they pee.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> in the Bible. Yeah.
4: <laughs> that just like, nobody really gets to know each other on the, on a, a level that's beyond the superficial, and so it's hard to actually like get to know someone to the point where you're like, oh yeah, I want to take this person on a date, you know, or something like that. There
1: you go. There
5: you go. But in order to do that, you have to like sit down with someone one on one. But the minute
1: you do that, then there's oh you're you're interested. Right. Listen, listen, I feel like we're starting a good discussion, but this isn't a community group, am I right? Am I right? right? (laughs) Hey, give it to give it to PJ, who actually is in my community. Yeah. So just just a couple comments. I don't. My my opinion is that it's not a Catholic specific problem. Well, you didn't even go to a Catholic college. I did though. Uh, I did. Oh wait, Notre Dame.
4: I went to Spring Hill and Notre Dame,
1: so you lose twice. (laughs) twice.
4: Yeah, so I don't think it's a. I think everything you guys are saying is is spot on. I don't think it's Catholic specific. I think it's
1: men, men, modern men. It's a huge problem. And just something that always I thought was always
0: interesting. My mother used to tell me that when she was growing up, she would date multiple people.
1: Right, that was done back in the day, and because there wasn't that pressure. Right, you could like see people and kind of figure out, get to know them. There wasn't, there wasn't like a huge commitment, and, and for some reason we've lost that, right? So the moment you start talking with someone, it's like, bam, you're committed. There's a lot of pressure. It's like da, da, da. But it, it, I don't know why that changed, but it wasn't always like that. Yeah, you know, in the history of – in the evolution of dating, that's where the phrase going steady was. That's where that came from because you didn't – you dated. You went on dates. That's what dating meant. With multiple people all the time, it was always presumed as casual until you went steady. And going steady means I'm gonna exclusively and steadily date this one person.
3: As a, uh, so I'm not in college, I'm a 31 year old male, I'm still single. Um, and a lot of it is because. Uh, I think Not after that, the Catching Foxes bump. Go Yeah, on. You're yeah thanks, thanks, guys. Yeah, shout-out, ladies. Uh, <laughs> you guys say, I get a shout-out. Kevin, Kevin Beatty from the Woodlands, Texas. 9365. I'm just joking. Um, but, no, it, I think that social media has played a large part in it and cell phones because you have an immediate – like, say you send a text message to somebody, you wouldn't expect an immediate response. Yeah. If you don't yeah. get said immediate response, then you feel insecure about, wait, what is that person doing? What do Did they think? Did she die? Did she die? <laughs> or or on, on maybe the ladies' minds, why is that guy not responding to me? You know, yeah. what, what's his problem? Yeah. And so I think that there's, um, there's now become a standard where, as back in the day when our folks met, where they would call each other, and if they weren't next to their phones, they weren't going to talk to each other unless they ran into each other on the street, yeah. is that, you know, at this point... There's such an expectation for immediate return that it's made everybody that is single self-conscious. Yeah. To a yeah. point where it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And if, I, and if you I don't think have every, this is an
1: issue that yeah. everyone has deep seated opinions on. I mean, yeah. Right, no,
3: exactly. And you know, if you don't have a founded faith, especially, I mean you might as well just be be trying to jump into the wind. Anyways, time's up. <laughs> Awesome. Now, for me,
1: I I, I want to remind people whenever you meet conservative people who want to foster courting, right? That's a big thing, courting. I remember my uh, my roommate in college. My roommate in college
0: at Franciscan in the project, fifteen twenty three. If you want to be specific. Wait, when did you live with Matt? in the project. Wait, wait, wait,
1: That guy. He's a guy in our household. Yeah, sorry. The, or not, not in our household. A household. We wish. with this guy. When we could be so freshman, lucky. No one's going to get 23, this. Sorry, and everyone. I was a freshman. I was scared. I was nervous. And he one day, so he's kind of, he was a great guy, great guy. And he's married and he has a bunch of kids. But uh, he was kind of socially awkward, and I was the social god on campus. And uh, I'm there, we're rooming together, and he said, uh, uh, hey, Omer, um, what are your thoughts on uh, courting? And I looked at him and I said, I don't think about courting. And he's like, well, I've been reading some great books. And so I was like, okay, I get where you're coming from. You want to restore nobility, chivalry, all that stuff. But here's the deal. When you want to talk about traditional, courting is BS that essentially arose in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. That is when a woman would be approached by a man who had disposable income to go to the movies, to go here, to go there. It was all on the man's terms. Before that, for centuries, it was called uh, calling on. And a man would call on a woman, and a woman would agree or disagree to let him come into her life. She had all the power. And the man would call on a woman, and she would let him come into her house with her whole family. And they would go into a different room, and she would, and they would enjoy each other's company, and then he'd have dinner with the family. A small amount of time. Yeah, and it was all they mean, dinner s- dinner with the for a small amount of time three. too. And it was, Godfather Part Two, where where he's with uh, the Greek, the Greek half Greek half Italian girl. It was Godfather One, and they're walking, and then the whole family is walking behind him, calling on a girl that that's like a huge aspect of it. The women had all the power in that context. The men did not
4: I just want to give you all a glimpse of normalcy my husband and I both went to a public university and we dated like normal people and I've never heard oh, the word shit. courting until this day
1: Thank you thank you
4: So so what are your thoughts welcome. on courting that's all. Yeah. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> so the
0: answer so might be, awful. don't go to Catholic schools. Go to a public university. So this is, this is the, the last thing that I'm going to say. I think the hardest part for a, uh, for a lot of women is that being with the thing that, like, oh, I'm not, like, beautiful. Well, and why for don't dudes, you
1: mansplain what's hard for women? Go on.
0: It's to think that. I know, right? It, but for dudes, it's the idea of rejection. And then we need to get over that. It doesn't matter. Don't define it based upon a woman. All right. So we're at an hour. Do we want to do one more? Or do you want to just call it a day? I think we want to wrap it up. I, this is great. And we want oh, to drink
1: and have actual human conversation. No. Yeah. What's huh? up?
0: No. Yeah. All right, really quick. What do you guys think? Uh, US uh, US men's teams going to qualify for the World Cup? Yes or no? Hell yeah! What I'm talking about. Woo! I can't
4: watch it. There's
0: Sorry. No one cares. There's Who is? No Ray. That's in. For Who is yeah. Ray? Oh, who's Ray? Ray is. Uh, I think she's the grand. Ch- I think she's a grandchild of Obi Wan uh, Kenobi. A
6: Who, is she? She? Oh. Who is she? Who is she? I have- I have a strong feeling that Rey is Leia and uh, Han's daughter. No, yes, no because no they did me, They did the sibling thing. Luke and Leia were there together. Now they're doing the sibling thing again, but they're torn. And Han was gone. Leia could have been pregnant and didn't know it. She had the daughter, but she's in war, so maybe she got taken away when she was younger. Mm. And I, mm. I have very, a very strong
0: theory. There's no way that Harrison Ford abandoned his, his kid. He
6: didn't.
0: No, I'm just saying Harrison Ford doesn't do that. I've seen Indiana Jones and, and the uh, and The Last Crusade. He cares about family.
1: <laughs> hey, have any of you have any of you read any of the Star Wars books that have come out since the new Star Wars. Book? The answer is no.
0: I would probably try to talk to that side of the room before
1: somehow both the
0: great or the, the granddaughter of Obi-Wan and the daughter of Luke. Huh. Or, or she's a reincarnation of Anakin. She's,
1: she's, she's genetic material made by Palpatine. Boom. I'm going to say this I, because the last book, Emperor Palpatine had a plan to shift, if the Empire ever were to collapse, to shift everything to what planet? Jakku. And they had a whole bunch of crazy experiments going on there. All right, I'll really go- quick,
0: here's the most important part. What about Infinity Wars, people! Infinity Wars. Have you seen the picture of Chris Pratt and oh, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. and Tom Holland? We love Chris Pratt. Chris, handsome man, that Chris Pratt. I want to go drinking That's with Chris Pratt so 18, badly. 18. Like,
1: all right, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, I want to thank you all for coming. Thank you, out. guys. Yeah, We're seriously, have real this has been amazing. Let's-
0: Thank you guys very much.
1: All right. That was going to awesome. conclude with a Hail Mary. Hey, high five. We did it. Thank, Thank you, guys. And it was incredibly awful.
6: I love to take a party.